grace. We thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your word again and again and again and again and again and loving us. So we bless this time. Walk among us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Um, any questions? You're right. That's right. Still on you? You still feeling it? Yeah. Just now, just hit you now? Uh, it's safe. So we'll, we may just go stand here in a moment. It's a safe place. You have something you want to say about that? Oh, I thought you was raising your finger. I'm like, all right, go for it. No? Uh-huh. Yes, indeed. Announcements. Did I leave out an announcement? Real talk. Wednesday, 6 o'clock. Got some time to stop by. Have any questions on your heart? Or you may have something on your heart you just want to get off your chest. Ken is your man to talk to. <laughs> and he answers. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Well, all right. Um, we're going to continue on what we were talking about last week. Kimberly said something earlier, and it, I'm not saying it distracted me, but it did put me on a, it put me on a train of thought, just a little train of thought, and if I can find it here, if you bear with me, just one moment. You know, when Jesus sent his disciples out, When um, Jesus sent his disciples out, he didn't send them out empty-handed. What are you talking about? He gave them the ability to get the job done. That's encouraging. For the simple fact that when you and I step out into the world that we're in, We don't have to feel like that we're ill-equipped. But we know that we have all that it takes to get the job done. Well, I was going to share it with you. Maybe I won't. I'll just quote it. Then I have to find it for you. But he said that he sent them out. And power and authority is what the word says. He gave them the ability, the power to do what they've been called to do. But he also gave them the authority. It's one thing to have the ability to do something. But it's another thing to have the permission to do something. I step on a job site. I have the ability Execute that project. I know. I, I do it in my sleep. But until I've been given the authority to do it, if I start doing it, it can bring problems a lot of times towards me. Because the man upstairs talking about the CEO, 
not do the miracles. Still, he hasn't given me the authority. But in their case, when they went out, Jesus gave them the ability and the authority to carry or to execute the word, the ministry. You would cast out demons. Some of them come back rejoicing so hard. Lord, we cast out demons in your name. Say, yeah, that's cool. Of course you did. I sent you out in my name, but anyway. So I, I just wanted to throw that out there, and I'll and I'll get before if you want. I'll get that scripture for you. I could find it here, but I don't want to take up too much, waste too much of your time. But just hold that thought in your head. He gives us the authority and the ability to walk out this life. Okay. And as we're doing that, knowing our position and what he's given us, I think it produces a confidence in us not to be shy about who we are as children of God. Not to be shy about it. Not to be shy about it. I, I have to say that over and over again because sometimes we do. We, 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 we become shy about being children of God. I, I don't know another way to say it. We, we don't walk in the authority. In other words, saying no to the lies. Allow lies to take up residence in my head because I don't feel that I'm capable of dismantling that. But you are. And so we're going to look at this a little bit more today, I think, and, um, and hopefully gain a little bit more, get another weapon or a tool in our belt so when things show up on the scene, something show up on your job site, trying to do something that hadn't been given authority, <laughs> you can send it packet. Not here today. Not here today. All right. We read last week. Today we're going to, yeah, there it is. Today we're going to talk about the word of hope, the spoken word. The spoken word. The power or the the effectiveness that's, that are in spoken words. Do you know that Jesus said it like this, and, and, and I may point it out here in a moment. The words that I speak unto you are spirit and life. And one place in the scripture, it even says, there's power of life and death in your tongue. Now, the tongue is a pretty amazing piece of equipment. James talks about the tongue. He's like, dude, you can put a, a bridle in a horse's mouth, this big beast, and you can turn this baby whichever way you want. You got this little bitty rudder, little bitty thing on the back of this big old ship. And man, you chop them through water, and all it takes is one person up there that we want to go left. And that little rudder, it has the ability and have been given the authority to 
turn that ship in a direction, whichever way it's been commanded to do. But then he goes on, he said, now, if you can control your tongue, <laughs> he said, the tongue is an awesome member. <laughs> it's, like, it's one of those things that has the ability to make life good, but it also carries the ability to make life not as good. He said, if any man could bridle his tongue, he's as a perfect man. <laughs> he said, if you could get a hold of that, your maturity level would go, Phew. You ever question the maturity of a person? Don't have to raise your hand. One way you find out the maturity level, let them keep talking. You don't have to say nothing. Just let them keep talking. I'm like, hmm. Well, that was fabulous. Let's just move on down the road. So I want to talk about this this morning a little bit, the spoken word and the importance of one being willing to speak. I know a lot of times that, well, I know the scriptures tell us to be slow to speak. Yes. Quick to listen. Hallelujah. Amen. But there's also the idea of being willing to speak. Because if I could become, if I would believe a lie that would convince me to be shy of being a child of God, then I won't even be willing to speak. When I've been given the ability to speak and the authority to speak. So much good stuff. All right. Last week, we, we hit a scripture and we talked about it a little bit in Psalms 119 verse 14. It says, you are my refuge and my shield. Your word is my source of hope. So that's kind of like the foundation of where we're going here is understanding and knowing that God your word is where I get my hope from. Not Keetrick's intellect. And so I want to encourage you. Uh, there, there was a group of people in, in Bible in the book of Acts. I think they were called the Bereans. Is that right? The Bereans. And Paul talked about, you know, he would go and he would preach all this, this stuff. He said, but the Bereans, they were like this. They weren't just those people like take, just take his word for it. You know, he'll start talking about the things of the, of the scriptures and of the Old Testament. But he said, but those guys, they would search it out. To see if what I'm saying is true. That's what. And so I want to encourage. Us. I know you love me. Because you've been commanded to. By God. I didn't say you like me. <laughs> I just said you love me. I hope you like me. That's a whole nother level. But I want to encourage you. The words that are being spoken here. Don't just take them for granted that they're true. I believe they're true. I'm going to give you scripture. I'm going to share it with you, and it's going to be great. But I want to encourage you to get a Bible and say, huh, hey, hey, what's happening, buddy? Pillows right there. Oh, I'm sorry. May I embarrass you for a moment? May, may, I, may I? Here's a newlywed couple. Yes, yes, yes. This is covenant in action right here, baby. Yes, beautiful bride she is. And was yesterday, was about time, but still, you still are. So, sorry. Handsome. Still got a little curl left. 
Still wearing your pink. <laughs> and the groom. <gasps> yeah. Smoking. Smoking. Awesome. Well, bless you guys on your journey back. All right. Thank you. All righty. Have a good one. So I want to encourage us. Sorry. I figured I'd do that, take a little of the pressure off of them because they were feeling a little pressure. I, I, know, I know people. I'm human. I know how humans work. You step in a place like this and the guy's talking is like, I just interrupted God. It's okay. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> this is what humans do. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just interrupted. It's like, man, Holy Ghost didn't leave the room just because you stepped in, okay? Hopefully you guys. Anyway, so I want to encourage us. You know, um, maybe you don't have a Bible. Get one, or I'll get one for you. But just play with that bad boy. Just look through there and go like, ah, that's confusing. I'm going to ask Keetrick. Great. <laughs> or come to Real Talk, and we'll talk about it like we did last you know, Wednesday. Green Bay say, hey, what about this stuff? Good question. God, still feeling it. But Paul was talking to this group of people, and they called Bereans, and he said, these guys, they would hear me speak, but they didn't take it for granted that I was right. They searched it out to see if what I was saying was true. And so I want to encourage you. It's okay. You may come back and say, Kendrick, I read that scripture, but that's not what I got. <laughs> okay. That's quite all right. Sit down in the scripture. We can search the scripture. And Jesus said, in them you think you have eternal life. They are they who testify of me. So we look in his word. We get confident in his word. This is the foundation of where we're leaping from. Our hope, the source of our hope is in his word. See, it's kind of like this. If Sue, she don't have to worry about her husband, I hope. She don't have to worry about this guy. Because when he was being a knucklehead, she did something behind my back, and I paid for it later. She talked to God. She said, God, this is your boy. Deal with him. And so on that point, it's like, if he's a man of God, he's going to live according to God's word. She don't have to worry about the abuse because God's going to check him at the door according to his word. She don't have to worry about the love because God's going to check him at the door according to his word. She don't have to worry about adultery because God's going to check him at the door. According to his word. Yeah, it protects her, but it also protects this guy. Because his word is the source of my hope. Now, moving right along. We're looking at the spoken word. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 through 5 says this. <laughs> the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. For the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Brings every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Remember last week in Isaiah, we were talking about no weapon. 
formed against us shall prosper. No utensil, no uh, weaponry uh, that will try to present itself against us will prosper. But in every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. You shall declare it's wrong. You shall say no. Here it comes. No, you're not welcome. That was a weapon that the enemy or that lies that the enemy would try to bring against us. But here we see there's another weapon in the land. And it's the weapon that's been given to us. Take your head and do it back. This right here. It is. Isaiah said there was a weapon that would try to form against us, but he said it wouldn't have an effect. And here, Paul is telling us, but our weapons of warfare, there's a weapon that we have, but it's not carnal. Check this out. That word carnal there, just for the sake of conversation, that word carnal there, it means pertaining to flesh, governed by mere human nature, but not by the Spirit of God. Carnality my fleshly ways, my intellect, the way I do things. He said, our weapon is not designed by human nature. Human nature will get Ketrick in trouble. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> human nature. Yeah, Teresa's not here today. Human nature will get Ketrick in trouble. This is why you and I, when we received Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and His presence, His Spirit came and entered into the realm of our existence, we received another nature. If I try to make it through this world based on human nature, I'm fighting an uphill battle. Because human nature from the beginning was seated with death. Lies, sin, that's human nature, that fallen nature. It, it's there, yes. But the best, at best I can do with human nature is to muster up good willpower. I'm, going, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Oh, I did it again. God, why don't you help me? I am, but you're trying to do it through your own human nature. Okay, I'm, today, I'm not Going to do it. You can have your three-year coin. You can have your crucifix. You can have your Bible. You can even have your wife. But if all I have to work with to get through this life is human nature, human nature will figure out a way to override all of that and justify it. Well, you know, I'm just a man, and I do manly things. Yeah, how's that working out for you? How many diets have I broken after, like, you know, I don't know, the first 10 minutes? Because I was trying to do it through willpower. But we don't need willpower. We need real power. Willpower only gets me as far as my flesh can get me there. How's that working for me? You see this boy's midsection? I, uh, you gotta love me. 
gotta love me. <laughs> Is that not the last two? I know. You know, when I go to the Philippines, you know, they, they, they're, they're just so nice and kind. They, yeah, I'm talking about you, uh, uh, Jesse, you and your people. When I go to the Philippines, I, I remember I was at, we went to this lady's house, Pastor Jesse and I and some other people went to this lady's house, and we walk in the living room, and I, I guess probably been a year or so since I've been there, and she goes up to the, oh, Pastor, fat, fat. I'm like... And, and Pastor Jesse goes, Pastor, I'm so sorry. He's like, but you see, see, here in, it, it, that mean, that's a sign of a prosperity here in our country. I'm like, look, 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 here's the deal. And just so happened there was a full-length mirror in the living room, I kid you not. And I said, you see that mirror right there? I said, I see what's going on here. You don't have to apologize. I know what's happening. He's like, but Pat, that means that I can stop. Save it. But Keith is going to be in trouble if all I'm trying to make it through this life with is willpower. There will be no casting out things. There will be no shifting atmospheres. Come on, talk to me. It won't work. You can go to AA meetings across this country. And there's many people, guys and girls in there, and say, yeah, <laughs> it don't work. I had an uncle once. He was the uncle that he drank a lot. I guess we didn't believe in the aid minutes back in the country and stuff like that. We didn't have him one thing. And we just, you know, hey, if that's him, that's just him. <laughs> He's got problems. Yes, he does. I mean, he had problems and would drive. And you would see him coming down the road, slamming his car off the banks. <laughs> <laughs> and so he did try an AA meeting once. And my sister did talk about it. It must have been Texarkana or something. And he did. He, 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 my sister overheard somebody saying, say, yep, I went to their AA meeting. I drank all their alcohol. <laughs> he wasn't trying. He was just, but it doesn't work. So it's not willpower that we need. It's real power. And this is what the Lord has given us. He's given us the ability to stand when everything else around us is crumbling down. I've got to believe that. I've got to receive that for myself. And so here we have, he said, for the weapons, the weapons that I have, they're not carnal. They're not based off of human nature. So let's just check that off the list. I'm going to be successful in life, but it will not be because Ketrick is so great because Ketrick has proven throughout history he could be a knucklehead. But it's by the grace of God. But God. But God. I talked to a gentleman yesterday. Who was, he was, I was helping him out with some things and, and uh, he started telling me his story. And, and, and I'm not going to mention his name, but if I mention his name, you go like, oh, yeah, that's the best guy that ever walked across the face of this earth other than Jesus. I mean, I'm, okay, I'm kidding. <laughs> but he's a great guy. Great guy. And he started telling me his story. He said, you know, I haven't always been like this. I haven't always been nice. He said, when I was a little boy in elementary school, my brother and I, we got on a bus and we saw this little boy 
neighbor, they worked out on the farm. His dad was a helper, whatever. They didn't have much money. You know, the boy didn't have very good clothes. He said, my brother and I, we make fun of him. Yeah. He said, I got home that evening, working out, doing chores. Come home, looked in the driveway, there was a car. He said, I walked in the house. The whole family was sitting around the table. That little boy, his mom, he called their names. He still, he said, I still remember it. He said, I don't remember anything else about elementary school except for that moment. He said the little boy was crying. His mom and dad was there. And they told a story. He said, my mom looked at him and said, I'm so disappointed. He said, I'd rather for her to just beat me. She didn't. So disappointed in you to think that you could make fun of someone like that less than you and it'd be okay. Say, it changed me forever. See, some of us, we've walked through life. We've done things. We've experienced things. And we haven't always been the glamour child as you see right now. Somewhere in our walk, there was an encounter. And the encounter we need to have is with the most heavenly father. For him to encounter us, fill us with his nature. Because our nature, at best, is corrupt. So it makes me, when I look at certain individuals in certain line of certain occupations in our world that do things and go, everybody go like, I wouldn't trust that person with my whatever. Have a little mercy. Because I realize they're operating from human nature. And what they need is a God encounter. No matter who they are and how bad they are acting. I know it gets under your skin. It's like putting toothpicks under your fingernails. And you just want to, I understand. I understand. But just because I've been there, I realize that person needs an encounter. That's not always my first response. <laughs> Sometimes my first response is, oh, he needs a... It's like this comedian said. <laughs> he grabbed this guy and looked over there. He saw his bracelet. WWJD, what would Jesus do? Oh, so I set him on fire and sent him to hell. But that's what... <laughs> The weapons of our warfare is not, I wasn't planning on hanging on this subject, but for whatever reason, I think this is an important factor, I think, for us as human beings. It's not based on our human nature. My human nature is corrupt at best. At best. So we look at Paul here. and He goes on. He's talking to his people, those that are listening to him, and and you'll notice when he's talking to them, he starts using terms like weapons. He'll use the term like fight the good fight. Um, we wrestle not. Or a good soldier. He's, he's, he's setting the stage that, you know what, there are times in our lives where there are going to be opposition that come. And it's going to be required of you to have a good stance. Because there will be wrestling. And I know, I know, we have, we have 
We have desired to have a gospel or a message or a belief system that come to me that tells me that everything in the world is going to be just perfect, especially when I become a Christian. Everything is just perfect. Right? Better roses. Right? Like, I'll buy that if that's true. No, no, that's not what I'm telling you. That's not the case. The reality of it is that there is an opposition. There is an enemy. There is, matter of fact, the scripture says it like this, that there, the adversary goes through the earth like a roaring lion, rawr, seeking whom he may devour or destroy. So there is a destroyer in the earth that's trying to destroy who you are in God. But here's the good news. There is another destroyer that's in the earth that says that Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy. So I don't have to worry about what the enemy is trying to do to destroy me because I have saddled up with the greater destroyer who's destroying him. That deserves a greater amen than what I got. (laughs) Hey, think about this. The reality that there is opposition in the earth is true. But the greater reality is that I don't have to worry about that because there is a destroyer in the earth that's destroying the one who's trying to destroy me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. So oppositions are there. So you hear Paul says, wrestle, we wrestle not. You hear Paul says, our weapons. You hear him say, as a good soldier. You hear these things to let us know that there's oppositions, but we must take a posture to stand in the day of adversity. Okay. And sometimes when it comes, because of the darkness and things around us, they try to come in, try to set up ideas in my head, um, uh, bring discouragement, um, start speaking lies to me, and weapons come against me like anxiety, worry, depression, um, confusion. And the lies come in and try to bait me into arguments or taking offense because of lies when I try to go at them from human nature. That's what human nature does. It try to get me to fight those battles from a human standpoint. Newsflash. The human nature is what got us in this mess to begin with. You know, Adam and Eve, they were human. They, that's what got us in this mess to begin with. So when those things come at us, and I'm like, ah, you know, I'm strong enough. I can do it. I, I, I was raised to have a strong mind. I'm strong will. I can do this. And, and I get up there and I start making decisions based on Keetrick's intellect. And that boat don't float. Not long. It floats long enough to get me out into the middle of the ocean. And then when the waves get big enough, guess what? Uh, yeah, you hope you can swim. But then there's the sharks. I mean, there's so, so many oppositions that are there. Oh, I'm swimming, I'm swimming, oh, Lord, I'm swimming. <laughs> no, but it does. It gets me out there just far enough. I can't touch bottom anymore. So, 
Let's, let's look at something here. What human nature, okay? I see now I'm not going to finish this. Lord, help me. Lord, help me, okay. Okay, so are we good so far? Are we good so far? Okay. okay. Thank you, Lord. It's not, it's not willpower. It's real power, okay? This is what human nature, an example what human nature does when it tries to win a battle outside of the Lord's guidance. In Numbers chapter 20, verse 7 through 12. Remember Moses? <laughs> Pretty good guy, right? Matter of fact, the Bible says that Moses was the meekest man upon the face of the earth, says Moses. I mean, it doesn't say says Moses, but Moses wrote that book and is like, how can you say that about yourself? But anyway, still one of those mysteries that we're trying to work out here, but never mind. Right? No. Um, then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, take the rod, you and your brother Aaron, gather the congregation together, speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield its water. Thus you shall bring water for them out of the rock and give drink to the congregation and their animals. So Moses took the rod Okay, remember what God said? He said, do what? So Moses took the rod from before the Lord and he com- as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock. And he said to them, hear now, you rebels. It's getting good. Wait for it. Must we bring water for you out of the rock? Then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with the rod and water came out abundantly and the congregation and their animals drank. God told Moses to do what? Moses did what? (laughs) But that human nature is awesome. Now, here's the deal. They had entered into a land. They had come to a place. You know, I mean, frustration, anxiety, this stuff is real. This is not belittling Moses. This is not taking a stance against him to say, bad Moses. No, no, no. Moses did some good things, but Moses, this human nature, he'd entered into a land or the congregation or the children of Israel in the land. This is where his sister had died. When you read at the beginning of this, before you go, it talks about his sister died there. Things were just, I mean, just take that. The pressure of that. But then you put on top of that all of these millions of people murmuring and complaining all day long. You're trying to. You, I'm not saying Moses was a good pastor or a bad pastor, but I'm just saying, I mean, you can only change so many diapers that belong to someone else's child. Or, or an adult who was. Why do I have to keep telling you this? I don't know what to do. My wife said, well, stop doing that knucklehead thing and she won't be slapping you. I mean. The guy, people were complaining. We don't have food. What are we going to do, Moses? We need food. Give him food. Give him food. We're thirsty. We're thirsty. We're thirsty. We're thirsty. And so Moses would try to counsel the people sometime, and he would sit there. And the Bible said, we lined up from sunup to sundown, trying to counsel him. And his father-in-law come up to him and said, you're going to kill them and yourself. You need to do something about this. You need to set some men in order to set things up so you can properly take care of the people. But the people complain constantly. So here, 
or you have. It's like the build of frustration. In a man of God. A man that God spoke to him face to face. Matter of fact, there was a time Moses, interracial marriage, headlines, Moses married an Ethiopian woman, right? And everybody was like, oh, okay, political correctness, woohoo, except, woo-hoo, except for Miriam and Aaron. They thought this not happened, so they confronted Moses about this thing. And God was like, don't worry about it, Moses. I'll take care of them for you. And next thing you know, they look over at Miriam, bam, leprosy. And like, woo-hoo, and they're like, hold up, God. Don't kill it. God said, well, if, if she did something, and her father looked in the face, would he spit in the face and put it outside the camp? He's like, okay. So he put it outside the camp. He said, this Moses guy, this is my friend. I speak to him face to face. This is the Moses. God said, I speak to him face to face. You don't talk about my boy. All right, all right. Right here. Man of God, somebody that God stood up for. People got under his skin. Situations, life started happening around him. that got under his skin. And he go before God because the people are in need. God, what are we going to do? And you know what the people would say? We had it better off in Egypt when we were slaves. You think that won't bother you? You know what I'm going to tell them? Get your end back over there in Egypt then and become a slave. I mean, you do whatever you want. Okay, maybe I would. Maybe I would. I don't know. I don't know what would happen. Thank the Lord for grace. But this is what was happening. Here's the scenario. The pressure is building. So Moses has the rod in his hand. And the rock, that tough place. And it's time to speak. Moses, you're on. Peek from behind the curtain. The crowd is still hostile. I got this. He walks out there. What did God say we're going to do, Moses? He told us to speak to the rock. Okay, all right. Going to speak to the rock. Yep, going to speak to the rock. They're still hostile. What are we going to do? So Moses steps up there. Steps up there in front of the people. First things out of his mouth. You rebels. Whoa, 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 whoa. Can you see Aaron? Where, where did this horse come from? Where's it come from? Hold, 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 hold your horses there, man. Where's it come You rebels. You want some water? I'll get you some water. I'll get you some water. And instead of speaking to the rock, he began to hit the rock. See, this is one of the things that we, that human nature, will do. It will try to get me to fight a battle by hitting instead of speaking God's truth to it. God has given me the authority to speak his truth to his word. But because human nature shows up, don't you just love it? It's kind of like tell a two story, two lives. They make pictures, no angel, devil thing. Yeah, whatever. But you got this nature here. This one here. Which one are you going to give the ability to speak or hit? He walk up there and he hit. You know, strange thing about this, even out his frustration, the people was blessed. They got water. The animals got water. 
And I'm just picturing Aaron over here just quaking in his boots. <laughs> God, speak, speak, Moses, speak. No, no, no. Remember, Moses stuttered. Moses had a stuttering problem. I don't know if you knew it or not, but that was why Aaron was a sidekick. Because Moses trying to make an excuse with God. Well, I can't speak because I have a stuttering problem. I give you Aaron. So maybe Aaron was the one who's supposed to be speaking. Okay, people, we're going to speak. Moses, what are you doing? Don't! You know, I mean, I, human nature kicks in. Stop him! And the congregation and their animals drank. Check this out. Then the Lord spoke to Moses. Uh-oh. <laughs> this is where it's going to be. It's kind of like to get called to the principal's office. Aaron and Moses, can I sit in my office, please? Can I sit in my office, please? Boy, you wait till I'm gonna tell mama on you. you just... Because you did not believe me. See, God has told us to speak. Matter of fact, we're not gonna be able to get the thing. I'm hoping Lord. One place it says, speak to the mountain, and it'll be removed. Situations. Things that come against me in my life, things that try to hold me back, things that try to bring all sorts of craziness in my life. God is telling me to speak to that thing instead of complaining about that thing. Speak to it. What do you want me to say? Speak truth to it. What do I say about this situation? Oh God, nobody loves me. Speak to that situation. What do you want me to say? Tell the truth. What's the truth? That you are loved. What? But I don't feel that way. It's not about your feelings. If Phyllis was running the world, we'd all be in trouble. Speak truth to it. Moses, I told you to speak to the rock, but you didn't believe me. See, when I choose to lash out in human activity and do it under my own strength, what I'm telling God is that I don't believe your word is true. So I've got to add to your word with my fleshly carnal, carnal activity. So I know if I speak to that rock because you said so, water is going to come out. Refreshing is going to come out. I'm going to be refreshed. But I'm not believing you enough, God. So I'm going to have to add my own ideas behind this. I'm going to help you out, God. I know you got some word, but I got a little manpower. I got some willpower. You ready? Here we go. I'm going to hit you follow through. And his word did what it said it was going to do. But Moses didn't do what the word told him to do. So therefore, the people received the blessing of the word. But Moses got called to the office. Because you did not believe me and speak my word. You didn't believe me to hollow me, to respect me, to honor me, to reverence me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore, you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. You ever wonder why Moses didn't go into the promised land? That's it right there. It wasn't because he married the Ethiopian lady. God's like, this is my boy. It wasn't because he killed an Egyptian and buried him in the sand. Nope. It wasn't because he didn't circumcise his son like God had told him to and his wife. Anyway, that's a whole other gruesome story. But that wasn't it either. Because this right here, God told him to speak.
speak what I'm telling you to speak to the hard situations. And when you speak into those hard situations, there will be a refreshing that will come out and you and the congregation will be blessed. But because you chose to do it through human nature. You know what? I'm sure you how good I am. I'm sure how good God is. God didn't allow his inadequacies, Moses inadequacies to keep the people from being blessed. God's like, I'm going to take care of my people. Whether you want to play or not. But as for you. Yeah, I got something for you. <laughs> Come on in here. Let me talk to you. Let me talk to you. There's a promised land that was promised for the people. You were going to lead them in there. But because you didn't believe me, if you, you didn't believe me, you don't get to go. You don't get to lead them in there. This was the reason. Now, I know what you're saying. So you're saying that Moses is in hell? No, that's not what I'm saying. Because remember, when you get to the New Testament, when on Mount Transfiguration, when Jesus is up there and his clothes start glowing, there was Jesus, there was Elijah, and there was Moses. God didn't forget about him. He didn't stop loving him. He didn't, he didn't say you weren't going to be with me. I'm just saying there are some promises in your life that you can walk in that will be hindered if you don't choose to speak and operate according to my desires for you. And trying to allow human nature to walk this thing out will hinder the promises. It's Moses' promise, man. I'm going to the promised land. And sometimes I feel like, God, you know, why did this happen? Well, you know, when you open your mouth like that towards your wife, you found that couch. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> Don't say it. Don't do it. I'll be there with you, too. I'll be there on the couch with you. Ain't God good? I'll be on the couch with you. While your wife is in that coffee bed without you. Because your human nature got in the way. <laughs> I just love this. I love this. I love this. But here was the deal with Moses. God had given him a word to speak. To speak to a hard situation. And he told him, water's going to come out. There's a promise for the people. Water did come out. But Moses' actions, he allowed human nature to get involved. And it kept him from entering into his promise. See, there's blessings that God has stored up, man. He's just waiting to pour those things out. Man, he's like, Green Bay, I'm going to open up the windows of heaven and I'm going to pour you out blessings you don't have room enough to receive. That's Bible. Green Bay's like, yes, bring it, God. God's like, yes, but I need to talk to you for a moment. What do you want to say, God? Well, there's a few things that's kind of, you know, kind of stopping that thing up. So we're just going to deal with it, Okay. We're just going to call them out. We're just going to deal with them. You're going to, yeah, Green Bay's like, okay. Proper answer when God asks you if you want to do something is yes, sir. Oh, sir. Yeah, yes, sir. That's, that's a good way to go. And so, <laughs> just FYI, future references. And says, yes, sir. And, <laughs> no is not a good idea. Anyway, that's a whole other ball game. And God's like, great. Here you go. Bam. Because I love you. I love you. But God, what if I don't do it? I still love you. There's just some lessons back there that's kind of waiting for you to accept them. Moses had to speak 
instead of fight. Speak instead of fight. It's okay so far? We're good? We're good? Good stuff, man. Okay. Matthew seventeen twenty. So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith at the size of a mustard seed, you shall say, say, not think, not imagine, but say, you shall say to the mountain, Move from here to there, and it will be moved, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind of goes out of prayer and fasting. There's things that you and I may be facing in life. They may be mountainous. They may be prideful in nature. The Lord said, don't be shy about who you are. Look at those situations. Don't, don't try to fight them through human nature. But take my word. Take the nature of who I am. And begin to speak to it. Begin to speak to it. And tell it. Well. My father says that. You don't belong in my life. My father tell me that. Even though everybody else reject me. I didn't get that promotion. But I am accepted. I am accepted by the beloved. Imagine that. And when I take it from that standpoint. The truth of his word comes. And take up residence in my heart. And I walk in victory of confidence instead of defeat and the shyness thinking no one likes me. It helps my step in life. It helps my outlook on life, the way I see other people. Because I don't have to worry about what they think about me now. Because I know I'm accepted by him. Wow. See, there was a, there was a doctor. You also sue on Crickus, right? So she started going to this. This doctor was talking to us and he said, you know, the body has a tendency to move away from pain. Wherever there's pain, the physical body would try to move away from it. Sometimes you see people sitting and they sit kind of lean over. There's a pain over here. The body, it started gravitating away from that which is hurting it. And sometimes, whether it's been disappointments or maybe I've, maybe I didn't get something that I wanted, whatever the case may be, I take a posture where like, well, you know what? I'm not going to ask him for anything because I've tried that and he don't care. And really, truly, I'm broken. I have this pain in my heart. And so I lean away from God. And God said, no, 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 no. I want to fix you. I want to give you a chiropractic adjustment here. <laughs> But then he started telling, telling us, he's kind of like teaching Sue how to walk all over again. This is what is having to take place here. He's like, he was teaching how to take the steps. He said, but if you can get a mirror and look in the full length mirror and watch yourself take those steps. He said, you begin to train your brain. Yeah. Train your brain that it's okay. He said, but not only... Not only watch it, but begin to even tell yourself, I can take this step, leg up, down. This don't hurt. And you're telling your brain that I can take these steps and it doesn't have to hurt. 
It's like you're retraining yourself to walk all over again. But he said, but you speak to yourself. You talk to yourself. Walk this thing out. Talk it out. Do this. And I'm like, fuck out of preach. He's like, the more you talk it out, the more you speak it, the more manifestation of it begin to happen in your life. So if I'm struggling with any issue in my life, I'm like, God, give, what, what does your word say about this? What does your word say about this? And just use me, you know, there was, like I said, Kendrick hadn't, yeah, he was an knucklehead. But Sue had to take it upon herself to talk to God about this guy and talk and declare her word, that word, that my husband is a good guy. He's a good guy. Just meditate. As the scripture says, meditate, utter it day and night. Allow that word, allow that word to begin to take place. And this is what we do. One more talking to yourself. Okay, one more. Remember the story here? There was a woman who had an issue of blood. Remember the story? Many years, dying. Gave all her money to to the doctors. Nobody could help her. It says, and suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, sometimes you have to talk to yourself. And it's okay. Others might think you're crazy, but that's okay. But you're the one going to reap the benefits of talking to yourself. Why that guy talking to himself? Ah, leave him alone. We don't talk to that kind. And suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, if only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. And if you know the rest of the story, she did. She came up behind him. She touched the hem. One translation and another, uh, one of the other gospels, they use the term hem, the hem of his garment. So if I touch the hem of his garment, I will be made well. In their day, in the, the, the Jewish customs, you have these guys, they would have these... Uh, call them a shawl. It's not a shawl. There's a term for it. It's like a prayer shawl is what we would call it. And have these little tassels on the end of them. And a lot of times, those, those uh, the, the priests or the, the leaders, they would take those things and they would, they would meditate on them. They would have the little tassel in their hand and they would rub it back and forth. They would meditate. Well, when you look at that, that tassel, it represented, the reason they was doing it, it represented the word of God. And when you look at when it talks about in the, in the, in the Greek, when they use the word him, it says, touch the hem of his garment. That word there, you find the word tassel. And so what it's representing, she's like, I'm talking to myself that if I grab a hold of this thing that represents the word of God, this is what they would do. I will be made well. It will shift something in my life. It will change something in my life. And I'm looking at this one like, girlfriend, you got some nerve. Because everything in your culture, everything in your custom tells you that if you're caught outside mingling with other people, you're going to be in trouble. They're going to be considered unclean because you are already considered unclean because you had this issue of blood that, was, uh, that she had. But it says she said to herself, if I could just grab a hold of the hem of his garment, and that hem represents the tassel which for the Jewish community it represented the word of God. If I can grab a hold of that, his word, if I could get his word in me, I'm going to speak it over myself, I'm going to say it to myself, 
if I could just get his word. And I'm going, what does this word say? By his stripes, I'm healed. By his stripes, I'm healed. I know this guy. I've heard about this guy. I've, I've heard rumors about this guy. By his stripes, I'm healed. And lo and behold, she was healed. She spoke to herself. Sometimes you have to speak to yourself. Sometimes you have to speak to obstacles, situations. Declare God's word. And that's, if I, like I said, if I could encourage us to anything, make God's word a habit to some degree in my life, in our lives. I know, you look at that, well, I don't understand that guy right there. That King James fellow? Yeah, I understand. Yeah, I mean, King James had to kind of depart ways a little bit for you. <laughs> I, do go, I do use the New King James Version, but that's a whole other story. There's a lot of other versions. But when I understand that it's the truth in his word is the foundation that I stand on, because it, it helps me in making decisions. It helps me in how I treat people. It helps me how I see myself. And in those areas, when I can grab a hold of that truth, that's where my hope and security begins to flow on a greater level. I don't have to be shy about it. I don't have to be shy about it because I'm not standing on human nature. I'm standing on the weapons of my warfare, which in this case is the word of God. That's one of our weapons. That's one of our weapons. Matter of fact, the scripture says, the sword of the spirit is the word of God. He says, the word of God is like a two-edged sword. It comes and it goes. You know that? You take his word, thing comes at you, it's like, (laughs) it's better than Star Wars. Better than a lightsaber. It's like a two-edged sword. This is God's word, and it fights on our behalf. We're not fighting with human nature. We're fighting with God's word. And that, my friends, is another part of the story. There's some other weapons we'll talk about at another time. Amen. Stand to your feet.